We all know how wildly popular pro wrestling is in North America. Well, now, in a curious case of life imitating art, some young people are making their own wrestling federations and taking wrestling to the backyards of the nation. It's Monday night, and wrestling is naturally on television. 20,000 people in the stands, massive banks of lights, explosions every five seconds. It's a true, mind-blowing, fish-shaking, multi-million dollar, over-the-top spectacle. Final contender from San Francisco, California, It's also fight night in Winnipeg. The sexy boy is facing Mistopheles the blood letter before an audience of about five guys. The arena? A university student lounge. In the ring? That's a patchwork of old gym mats. This is the Whoop-Ass Wrestling Federation. Welcome to the wide, wide world of backyard wrestling. What's going on, buddy? Hey, what's up, pal? <laughs> so, uh, this is the mezzanine sleepover. Yes, it is episode what twenty-two? Episode twenty-two. Twenty dose. Twenty dose. Twenty-two episodes of the mezzanine sleepover. I am uh, one of your hosts. I am the immortal sleep. With five eyes. Uh, yeah, along with megamix.com. What's up, megamix.com? <laughs> Not that slip. So, uh, do you we want call to each other in real life? Yeah, it's like <laughs> when I when I sign your your uh, your Christmas card in a few weeks from Slip. <laughs> With you got to have the at symbol though. That's right. So uh, do you want well, to explain that? Now, yeah, I, I I that is a um an actual uh clip from from CBC Radio, definitely not the opera in February two thousand, where um. Uh, I had a, a buddy that I worked with in the newsroom. Actually, it was before I moved to the newsroom, but whatever. And I curled with him. His name's Dave White. He works on um, he works up in Whitehorse now, hosting a, hosting a, I think the afternoon show there. But he uh, him and I were buddies, and we talk a lot, and we curled together at uh, where we curl East or West St. Paul. One of the St. Pauls. <laughs> yeah, one of them. And uh, you know, we curled in the same team, and so we uh, he came to one of our hockey drafts, and so on and so forth. But anyway, he was like, "I want to do a story on, on on this wrestling that you do." I was like, "Absolutely." So that's the opening part of that uh, of that uh, story that did about six minute story, and uh, I'm quoted. It's terrible. It's fucking terrible. You're all super serious. I, I'm all like oh, legit. Like I'm just like, well, you know, at that point we weren't done wrestling. We still did like another three events, four events after that, three events. Ridiculous. <laughs> That's not the only time we uh, had some uh, media exposure, though that was the most mainstream that we got. We also had an infamous uh, appearance on CKUW. Uh, yes, we did. Back when it was um, closed circuit radio at the University of Winnipeg. And yep. I think, I, I mean, there's no, there's never been real confirmation of this. Uh, there's been speculation that it may have cost our friend his radio show. <laughs> yeah, we like to take credit for that. So who knows, right? 
Yeah, exactly. Well, it, it was pretty bad. I, at one point, I talked about how the University of Winnipeg was a stinking hellhole of a school. And it makes me want to puke. Yeah, but you were heel. You're supposed to be talking bad. And then, <laughs> exactly. And then you get your just desserts. <laughs> Which I did. Yes, it should have the Which baby face come yeah. on and be like, I'm here to defend the honor of this great school. <laughs> <laughs> so it's funny that you mentioned that one because we did actually, we were a little more infamous. Because I believe in about 2001, maybe, maybe a year later. uh, CBC television did a segment on the regulation of wrestling in Winnipeg and they all had, they all had, they all put our clips on TV. (laughs) This guy, Doug Holmes, who did the story was all, can I get some of your tapes? Cause I I need some backyard wrestling footage. Oh, absolutely. So I believe there's one of it's all, it's all you all as as alien O2 all going through a table. (laughs) I still have that too. If you ever want to see it. So what's the, I don't think that your motivation for having that as the intro was simply, uh, to you know, random. I think that there was other other uh, motives in no, putting it, it in there. No, it was not random at all. Well, why is that? Well, because today, for all of our listeners, the multitudes, we are going to be reviewing one of our own wrestling shows. So, again, back in those days, I thought a lot about this uh, because there are going to be two people prior to this and and after this. that listen to this show who will have ever watched this video and it would be you and me yes (laughs) now this this video does exist it uh you put it on youtube i did it's unlisted right now i i i think we might we'll we'll talk about making it live so people can watch it i i don't think that the the exceptional contact is terrible if you if you know what we're talking about i uh, know that we're 20 and it's you know like like 17 years ago i've noted a couple of places uh, but i'm actually there's nothing in here that i would be afraid to uh show someone no uh you've you've done a good job of editing anything again you know take one thing out take into account two things one is that we were in our early 20s and i was 20 you were 19 at the time of of of, of us doing this and the second thing is you were you were 19 and a half and we're in 1997 so we're you know the world isn't totally different you yep. know, and obviously, like we're not, we're not, we're not dropping anything like horrible in, in there. It's no. just, you know, like for example, and I put I, this actually made me chuckle. Um, but like for example, uh, we have a there's a title belt that we're getting rid of, and one of our one of our uh, friends is like makes reference to it being this gay belt. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, it's it's I laugh because it's such a dumb thing to say, but like obviously yep. you wouldn't want to say that these days. But no, it's not the most horrible thing in in 1997. Like I don't no, sit there and really. go, oh, God, I wish he'd never said that. But yeah, you wouldn't exactly. say that today. There's a couple of things. There's a couple of quotes from me um, that I'd be like, yeah, I wouldn't say that now. I wouldn't say that, you know, uh, well, we'll get to it. You know what? There's no point in in, in, in not giving context to any of this because it just <laughs> makes us look like dicks. So, there is some context. So we're going to review a – and we're going to get right into it because, again, we don't want this to go too long. This was a two-hour and 17-minute event, and we're going to give a bit of backstory on what we used to do, this wrestling, and then we'll get right into the into the review. So sound good? Yes, it does. So uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, we used to wrestle in a backyard wrestling federation. Yeah. In 1997, and and you can go back and listen to previous episodes of this show to hear about the origins of the federation. But yeah. uh, the two of us and a number of friends in university and and from our outside of university lives. Uh, formed a backyard wrestling federation. We did most of our events at the University of Winnipeg, yep. and we would basically divide our events 
into two things. One was basically a weekly episodic television show that yep. we called Jungle Boogie. And those <laughs> would lead to what we call pay-per-views, which obviously... Pay-per-views! There was nothing different except that they were big events. That, that, they were super that, that, shows. Yes. Really. And, yep. uh, and we did a number of pay-per-views. And, yep. uh, and so this was in February of, two, of 97? This was February, February 98. 98. February of 98. So the Federation started in March of 97. So we're just under a year old at this point. Yep. And this would have been our third pay-per-view. I got I got all the numbers. Of course you just, do. I have all the numbers and I'm just I'm just going to call it up right now. Um cuz I I've 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 documented all this. Um so yeah, it is uh let's see here. I uh, I think I believe that it was probably like our ninth or tenth overall kind of event that we did maybe something like that we didn't do it we didn't do it monthly except for in 98 we pretty much did it monthly but um yeah we we were we were well in now we had guys there was a core of six or seven of us and we were fucking into this like we were we were in we the guys would show up and we'd fucking wrestle and tape it we did an event by this point in time we'd done an event in brandon Yep. We'd done events outdoors in the summer. In the summer, we'd essentially do events in parks. This was the 11th event we ever did. Okay. So yeah. our third o- pay-per-view. Now, the other thing to know is at this point, we're pretty much in full swing. Yep. You know, we're in the midst of a run of doing this monthly. And yep. on top of that, at by this point in time, you are working overnights at Domo. Yep. And so it gives you plenty of time basically to book. I booked this event for months. And and when we say book, we mean that that's like the planning of the event. And so it's yep. not just that – it's not just you plan the event itself. But nope. we had TV and we had a couple of events that led up to this point. Yep. So we had storylines that A, uh, um, culminated in this event. And B, we started new storylines in this event. I'm actually uh, – and we'll get into it when we go through this. I am as equally impressed with our ability to build and maintain and then create storylines as yep. I am about how poorly we did it in other cases. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly. <laughs> um, I would like to note that um, I would like to give star ratings to the matches, but on a, on a whoop-ass scale. Okay. Okay. Now the, I think that's important to note. And again, for those... These would you, all be like one star or negative or whatever in regular wrestling. Like you'll never... Not you know, even one star. They'd all be negative star Meltzer scale wrestling matches if it was professional wrestling. Well, We're doing a WAWF scale here. It's not... And again, because no one out there is going to watch this, um, it's backyard wrestling with people who have zero training. Yeah. So we do things, but when we describe the things to you, you can you can go ahead and picture if you've ever watched real professional wrestling, but it's not certainly not that. No, and it's not. And and it's not the kind of backyard wrestling that you might think. It's not hardcore backyard wrestling for the most part. We we kind of wrestle. <laughs> we try and wrestle lockups, go behind shit like that. Uh, a lot of backyard wrestling that you'll see if you go online and, and look for it is just craziness. Um, this is kind of the highbrow. <laughs> Yes. Wrestling. So to give some context, <laughs> just leading into this event, a couple of storylines that you should be aware of, because yep. I think we should set this up. So let me Can we do on. one more thing before we do storylines? Yes. I'd like to just set the stage. We are in the Bullman Student Center in the basement, way down low. We've pushed um, at the University of Winnipeg. We've pushed um, some of the uh, the chairs with the with the um, with the with the le- with the foot rests to create a ring. There's no ropes. 
but there are big plants that are reinforcing the ring from breaking apart. And we have varying kind of side tables to create turnbuckles. Uh, and um, But again, there are no ropes. There are no ropes. None. There are no ropes. We are pretending to use the ropes. <laughs> uh, so... Leading up to this event in in the in the television that we shot, we had a couple of things going on. So yeah. here's a couple of things you need to know. Okay. Uh, the the there was a group of bad guy wrestlers who got together yep. and banded as as a force, and they were called the Worldly Gentlemen of Wrestling. And yep. there were four of them. And over the course of the episodes leading up to this event, they um, basically run roughshod over all the good guy wrestlers and. The president of the Federation, president. who is also essentially a good guy, was beaten up and laid out, which which meant essentially that these bad guys had kind of de facto control over yes. what was going on. No one was running the show, basically, at that point, so the bad guys kind of had their way. That's right. Uh, I'd like to also point out um, that we're going to be referencing everybody in third person, but we are a good many of these guys. Uh, I'll, I'll mention when someone's me, but I'm talking about that person like it's not me, because... It's the character. The but obviously, I play at least five or six characters. You play at least five or six characters from commentators to uh, on screen to wrestler to manager. All right. So we will we will reference all of them as the characters. And so we're going to name as we name people, we'll describe them. But there should there if there are three people that you should all know going into this. Yeah. The three people that you should be aware of are one is Ali the Backyard Beats O'Gratton, who at the time is our heavyweight champion. He yes, is, and he was on a previous episode of the Men in Zine Sleepover. He was on episode four. Alistair was on, as, and we did dish some dirt on Whoopass at the time. And he is he is the big good guy champion. He is basically our Hulk Hogan. Yeah, he's super baby face. He the, is Hulk Hogan because he's such a shit fucking shit heel fucking face, too. And then the big bad guy is the sexy boy Jamie C, and that is you. That is me, yep. And you are also the leader of the bad guy faction known as the Worldly Gentleman of Wrestling. Yes. The third character, uh, who is who um, you'll you'll see when there's an appearance. Spoiler alert, because <laughs> yep. it matters so much. There is another good guy character who's kind of this uh, this mysterious uh, brooding character named Mistopheles the Bloodletter, a very Undertaker type guy. And about eight months prior to this event, he he lost a match and then has disappeared. Yes. And there has been teasing in the in the uh, television leading up to this, that he's going to make a return. His basically at the end of the show, his music would play and it would cause the, cause the bad guys to run away. Scared. Yeah, the worldly gentleman would run away scared because they thought he was coming, but he never actually made an appearance. No. So yeah, those, so it, was, it was a couple teases. So there are other people that you should know, but, but, but those are, those are the main three kind of things that are, are yes, people. Exactly. All right. Perfectly, perfectly laid, laid out. There's other storylines going on. Lots of other storylines. Lots of other wrestlers involved in things. We will try and explain as we go along. And when we review this, we're we're not going to review th- like we're not going to be like. And then this was a wicked move, and this was a wicked move. We're really going to focus on the storyline that we played yeah. out, and also ridiculous things that actually happened. Funny things that happened. Yeah. Now you have notes. I do have extensive. I've notes. watched this event many times. I'm the keeper of the videos. Um, for many years, I've watched this dozens of times. I didn't take notes because I was, I played hockey last night, and I just, I was, I wasn't, I didn't want to sit down and take notes. So I just watched and enjoyed. So and really just watched, and I watched it for the first time on my TV, which was awesome. Oh, I watched it too on my it. TV. Uh, one Loved more, it. one more thing that I should note about about not about the event, but about our wrestling. Yeah. So we taped all these events. Everything is on videotape and now is uh, on digital. 
Yeah. And we used to, when we, we stopped wrestling regularly at about uh, 2001 when I moved to Edmonton. We did a the few regular, events. The regularly? Regularly? Actually, we stopped 99. 99. We stopped at 99 yeah. right at the end. It, the, the March 99 was like our last one where we were regular almost month to month. And then when I was in Edmonton and then I moved home in 2002, we would watch these tapes all the time. Yeah. Like we would get together and we would just watch them and then we would have our friends come and watch them. Yeah. Uh I just have to note. Yep. Uh I I um I decided to show this to a friend of mine here yesterday. Okay. <laughs> and uh it it was it was it was well enough received. I only showed like, you know, 10 minutes and and the yep. worthy stuff, but man, what a different experience showing this stuff at 37. <laughs> oh, I know, eh? You're kind of like yeah. Like I'm never going to be embarrassed that I did it, but no. uh but uh oof. <laughs> that was all it was it was yeah, I agree with you. I I much enjoy more enjoy watching this by myself or with guys who actually did it. It it's way more awesome because yes, we is. all were wrestling together. It was good. All right, the event. All right, let's do it. So, do you want me to just do you want me to narrate? Well, yeah, I mean, I can, we can we can tag team. I mean, I we all we know I right out of the gate. We do a cold open. So here's so, we're we're cool like that. We have the shot of the the road next to the university and the bad Fence, guys, the worldly gentlemen, yeah, uh, and uh, roll up in a car in your Ultima. So th- there's a few things of note here. <laughs> so there there's five of us stuffed into a, a '98 <laughs> Nissan Ultima. Actually, yeah, I think it was a '93. Four of us, it was a '93 Nissan. And our announcer guy that is like likes to kind of kind of toady around with us. We're listening to James Brown's sex machine so loud that you can hear it out the windows of the car. Yep. And we pull up and we get out and uh, each of us kind of does a quick shout out to the camera and then we yep. enter the arena. And that's kind of the open. But I was thinking when I was watching this a few things. One is we're supposed to be the cool bad guys, yet <laughs> we're in an <laughs> Ultima. Yep. One of one of us has to drive it. We don't have a driver. Yep. You're driving your own car. Yep. And then it's like, what were we just driving around the city listening to James Brown with the, with the <laughs> like? Because that's how cool we are. And we're all like kind of in our costumes. <laughs> <laughs> so I just think that's a little strange. The sad part is, is that the, your car's fucking uh, brakes or so, or your no, it was a steering, steering. It was a steering belt. Fucking just, it was just like screaming. It's like, and it just, and you, and we drove up and instead of driving up from the other way and just pull up and stop, you have to do like the, the three point U-turn in the middle of the street. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's basically like we tried to be cool and it's the uncoolest way to enter ever. <laughs> it's like, we couldn't just approach from the other way and start, and start rolling. It's like, nope, got it. Got to roll up from this way and turn around. So yeah, that, that kind of. We come out and we say our, our pieces and, uh, and uh, you know, and then it cut, smash cut. And we go to, right uh, inside. Now we're at the we're at the announcer's table. Yeah. Where Dirty Don Gunderson and Moody Moves are there and they're introducing the event. Now we have a lot of announcers throughout this event. There's lots of guys trading in and out because guys are wrestling. There's only like, there's a core of like seven or eight guys. And like most guys are wrestling and then they'll do announcing for one match and there'll be a referee for another, have all these different characters. Often we all look like the same guy because we're the same guy so dirty dawn looks like the sexy boy just wearing a different hat and glasses <laughs> much like shazam and cisco genie which is you when you're being your your announcer character slick nick same guy 
Just wearing different clothes. So essentially they run down the card, and then before we get to the start of the matches, uh, the music hits, and this character called the Convict comes out. Yeah. And he is essentially the, like, Stone Cold Steed of Austin. I don't give a fuck about anything. You can't tell me what to do. I do what I want when I want. He even calls people son. Yep. He's got the the red fucking prison jumpsuit and, like, the patio's mask. And he claims, and he claims right there and then, and this is important for a note I have later. He claims the whole purpose of this is to say, you want me in a Canadian title match. I'm not going to be in the match. (laughs) He's like, I'm not going to be in the match. I do what I want. You don't tell me what to do. I'm not going to do what you tell me. And then he storms off. And after shoving the announcer down, Dirty Dawn, which is me. And uh, yeah, he, he storms off with his big... With his big, uh, his big boots and his and his and his red jumpsuit. So then we get to our first match. Yep, it's a triple. And we kick it off with a bang. Now for whoop ass standards, of course, this is always whoop ass standards. It's never we never match this up against real wrestling, real professional wrestling. So it's a triple it's our own standards. We we open with a bang. So we have we have the craziest kamikaze conniption, yeah. played by our friend Kyle, an aspiring stuntman at the time, and the best bumper in the in 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 the. Uh, in the in the federation, and his gimmick is that he's just like this goofy guy. He's basically like a, a goofy guy stoner from, guy. Yeah, and he, and he you know he's built from Taiwan. It's also important to note that he wears uh he's got like a red shirt and he's got tights tight like tights on, and then he's got these blue shorts which he stuffs a full toque down the front of. So it looks like he has these <laughs> giant this giant dick basically. Yeah. <laughs> We, it's always about stuffing the packs. And yeah. there's a lot of pack stuffing in this event. Lots of pack stuffing. And when we say pack stuffing, shoving things down the front of the, pa- the package. Making the big tight package. The second character pack. is pack. is uh, the talisman, who's really just this boring character. He wears a bicycle shirt and, and tight pants and a mask. And it's it's also played by our friend Lauren. Uh, same just- guy, same black mask as the convict. Same guy playing him. Yeah, he's got kind of football pants on. He's kind of a... I don't really know. He's a mysterious character. Yeah, and then we have Johnny Superb as the third character. Johnny Su- Superb is in the bad guy group. He's the worldly gentleman of wrestling. And, and he's kind of this young... He's kind of seen as this young protege, kind of, of the sexy boy. And it, and it yeah. kind of plays out as, as, the, uh, as the event yeah. goes on. Now, we should say behind the scenes, Johnny Superb is actually the brother of, of, of your girlfriend at the time. Yes. But, honestly, yeah. but... but, but Johnny Superb and his name is Corey. Um, his performance went was beyond uh, like you guys after you two dated. He st- he stuck with the Federation and he, oh, yeah. he it was certainly not nepotism. This guy earned his way into what he was doing. Yes, earned. But yes, I agree with you one hundred percent. Johnny was a and, and it, so it wasn't Johnny like Superb's- it wasn't a case where it's like oh let the little brother into the Federation. No, no, and he was a few years younger than us, but he could go. Yeah, he could go and. Um, it, wrestling wise and so johnny superb of course he's the blue blood yes and not in the kind of way like hunter helmsley originally he he's just you know natalie dressed and he's a just a piece of shit so he uh so what happens is we've got a regular ref in the in the in the ring his name's curly jeeves and when the talisman gets introduced for some reason and there's no Real, like, he just... Makes no sense. He's crazy, and for some reason he tries to attack Johnny Superb, but then beats up the ref instead. No, he beats up the referee, for real. Like, that's his thing. He jumps the referee. But but it, but the way it plays out is Johnny escapes the ring, and then he walks to the camera and points to his brains. Like, he's like, I'm smart. I guess so. Maybe that's what happened. Okay. So, so the talisman in his fury 
beats up the referee. For what reason? I don't, don't know. know. It makes it a little confusing. So anyway, so, so the referee is laid out. So the referee is laid out. So now we have no ref. So Johnny Superb says, well, maybe we can uh, assign and a referee. That's not a mic. We have a microphone. We often don't. This time we did have a microphone. And he says, you know, we need a referee. Are there any sharp dressed men in the back who can, who can come? Uh, and so clearly this is a, uh, this is a ruse. And out he comes, has, out comes Shazam the Cisco Genie to ref the ref. And Shazam the Cisco Genie is another member of the bad guy faction. And then Shazam Cisco Genie is you. So here's what I get and here's what I don't get. Okay. Yeah. So the president is laid out. So we're calling on the, all the shots, the bad guys. Yeah. But was it part of our plan that the talisman would beat up the ref? That's what I don't know. It's just like, did we just get lucky? Did we, did we, did we rile him up? Like, if we'd done this properly, we would have done something backstage to like rile the talisman up to do this. We would have paid it off for the next event because you'll find out later, like during this match, what happens. Yes. Is, uh, and we'll get to that, but really it made no sense. And so, yeah. We not. And I think maybe, and I can't remember, but I I remember at the next event, the talisman turns on somebody. And so it kind of is a callback where you could be like, okay, maybe he was in cahoots. But then we never paid it off. So, um, other than that, in terms of the match... One of uh, our better matches. It's one of the better matches that we've had. Uh, Kamikaze's selling is ridiculous. He When he yep. takes clotheslines, he doesn't just do a back bump. He, like, flails his legs out into the air and yep. lands essentially on the back of his neck, which is stupid. <laughs> Every time. Um, Every time. The talisman at one point tries to put on a move that he calls a soothsayer. Yep. It's his finisher, and it's so complicated that he doesn't legitimately know how to apply it. And this For isn't real. this isn't a storyline. We had a storyline with another character who didn't know what his finishing move was. Yep. In this case, our friend just didn't know how to put on the move he made up. He had an idea of what he wanted to do, but he, he was always coming up with complicated submissions. And uh, this one didn't work. Uh, um, yeah. So and throughout this match, Shazam Gojini, the referee, is clearly slow counting. And fast counting his buddy, slow counting everybody else. Of course, but not doing anything terribly treacherous. Yes, he's but he's crooked, and he has and he has said he's not going to lay his hands on Kamikaze because these guys don't like each other. Uh, two events earlier, Shazam Cisco Genie had um, broken a guitar over Kamikaze's head, and it was leading towards uh, a match that was going to come at our big annual event, Barbecue yeah. Beats, which for reasons that we won't get into, didn't happen. Yeah. Uh, so then. There's a table shot in the opening match. Yep. Right away. <laughs> so the announced table is is sitting right by ringside, and the uh, talisman gets put through the table when Kamikaze gives him a move called a flapjack. Yeah. Uh, and so he puts him kind of front first through the table. It's a spectacular table shot. It's pretty good. The best part about it is watching the talisman using his fucking fingers to propel himself up. Like along the top of the turn. Now, of course, the turnbuckle is just a side table stacked up high. So he's on wood, basically, on a wood platform. And he's, he uses his fingers to like kind of like like give himself the, the lift to lift up and then go outside the ring through the table. It was pretty good. So he goes through the table and uh, he's laid out for the match. And then essentially other stuff. Ha- oh, one more thing. I, I appreciate uh, the commentators. Specifying yes. that it is the English table, not Spanish or Russian. Because, <laughs> you know, we're we're really funny. Yes. Uh, another little bit that the, that the announcers, myself and Alistair, he was, it was Dirty Don Gunnarsson and Moody Moves. We pretended after the table got broken that our audio cut out. That's right. So we were, we were, we were mimicking 
that our audio was dropping in and out. It was ridiculous. Uh, so anyways, the match keeps going. Um, ultimately, in the end, what happens is uh, Johnny decides that he's going to hit Kamikaze with a briefcase. His briefcase, yep. Um, Shazam stops it, which is odd because Shazam's supposed to be a bad guy too. Yeah. Johnny throws yeah. Kamikaze into Shazam, knocking Shazam out. And then he uses the briefcase. And then when he's covering Kamikaze, Shazam pops up because he, you know, he's he had sold that he was hurt, but he was faking it. Yes. Pops up and then counts the pin against uh, Kamikaze, and Johnny Superb wins the IC title. Yeah, in like which, a one big slow count and two fast ones, because you know, just to just to show what a fucking prick he is. So it's funny. It's actually a funny thing to see. But the weird thing that I thought was, it's a really convoluted plan. Yeah, it really is. Because if Shazam was just gonna fuck Kamikaze, why would he just, just do him it? Over. Yeah. Yeah. Like, why well, go yeah, through all the drama? All the fans. There's no point in doing this dramatic finish. Nope, not at all. But anyways, Johnny Superb wins the IC title. and then In, the, uh, in 8.01, he wins it in 8 minutes and 1 second. The other thing that's important to note here is, so we have all these matches lined up for this card, but at the end of the show, it's been established that we were going to have uh, a six-man tag match. Yes. It was going to be three members of the bad guy team. It was against three good guys from the Federation. and the one the early gentleman against the WAWF All-Stars. And one of the WAWF All-Stars was the talisman who ended up going through the table. Yes. So at this point, we establish he's been put out of action and he's probably not going to fight in the last match. Yeah. So, so three what... of the worldly gentlemen will be fighting in the last match because they have four guys, but only one joined at the last event. Yeah. Cajun man. All right. So anyways, that's the first match. How many uh, how many stars on the whoop-ass scale did you give it? On the whoop-ass scale? On the whoop-ass scale, four stars. Yeah, this was one of the better matches that we ever had. Four, like, four and a half. I give it, it four. Was, it was good wrestling. There was a few good, like a few things like diving headbutts to the DAC. <laughs> Pretty good. <laughs> Not bad. So the next thing that we have yep. is we have a special chess match. <laughs> so we have one wrestler. He is from Czechoslovakia. Yep. And his name is the Chess Master. Yep. Which is uh, Corey's friend, Brian, who yep. basically wore a cape. And that was it. And he had, a, he had a shirt with a chessboard on it. Yes. And he and was this skinny little dude, man. Skinny little dude, like the big curly hair. And, uh, yeah, just a, like, you know, if you were going to have someone play a chess master, it'd be him. And his opponent is uh, Professor Ninja. Yep. Who is a ninja who wrestles and who calculates his moves using a calculator. And he has a lab coat and a balaclava. And he does, yeah, ninja moves and, yeah, uses his calculator. To, so. To, to, I, I don't know what to do what, but that's, he's, these are two. Professor Ninja is solidly a comedy character in our minds as we plan things. I don't know if Professor Ninja saw himself as that way, this guy Dob, but yeah, he was really, we, we stuck these two guys together because they were, we didn't have anything for them to do. And they were, you know, like Professor Ninja in particular was a terrible backyard wrestler. And so we stuck them together and we didn't even have them wrestle. So we have a chessboard and like a legitimate chessboard set up in the ring, full chess table. set on a table. So here are my notes. Okay. We fuck up the original intro. We restart. No edit. Yeah, no, I, and I never edited it out. Yeah, never in the video, it in the video we literally are like, we'll edit this, and then we don't. <laughs> That's the best shit. Uh, you're commentating. You're one of the commentators. Yep. You call it boring 30 seconds in. You're like, so is anything <laughs> going to happen? It's a little boring. <laughs> well, it was. You're joined by Corey, who's playing a character that only showed up once. His name yep. is the great Zampedri, and he's a chess wizard. 
apparently. Yeah. And then I go into the ring with a mic so I can do commentary in the ring while this is happening. And I'm as Slick a Nick. character named Slick Nick. Uh, a couple of good lines. At yep. one point, you say to Zampedri, "Well, <laughs> what is the chess master's record?" And Zampedri answers, "Chess master is undefeated. That's why he's called the chess master." <laughs> So good. Uh, oh, God. So basically, this match is going along, and uh, the chess master is gaining the – or is losing. Um, he loses his queen. <laughs> and, and they actually – I have to give them both credit. They do a really good job. Like, even from, like, what you're supposed to do in wrestling, like, grand gesturing. So, for example yeah, – well, the other thing about that was, was that for some reason at this event, we, we had a tripod. We never really didn't have a tripod. So the matches in this event, like, they're on the tripod, are sh- – they're not shaky, so it's nice to watch, but they're far away. So yeah. you don't see everything. You don't, and when you zoom in, it does it. So no one zoomed in. But so these guys are like basically like miming. But everything. there are two things that are really great that 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 uh, chess master or uh, that uh, Professor Ninja does. Yeah. One is when he takes he takes one of chess master's pieces, yep. and he picks it up and he slams it on the table. Yep. Like dramatically. And another yep. time he takes a piece and then throws it in the chess master's face. And then while the chess master is thinking, he takes out his plastic sword and poses for the crowd. Fucking laughing. It's I fucking, can't take it. it's fucking fabulous. And so anyways, the match ends when the chess master or uh, the, the calculating ninja, professor ninja yep. takes out his calculator to, to figure out his next move, which, yep. you know, wouldn't, fly in real chess it's cheating so it call so the chess master gets mad he he sweeps all the pieces off the board and then attacks the <laughs> professor yep. ninja and there's a pull apart brawl <laughs> <laughs> and, and like the officials all running yes and the chess master's like throwing officials off and <laughs> whipping them with his cape yeah like he's so angry <laughs> So, anyways, that's the chess match. Doesn't lead to anything. Yeah, uh, uh, not rated. It's a chess match. Yeah. So then we cut backstage, and yep. we have the worldly gentlemen. There's four of us. Yep. Sexy boy Johnny Superb, who just won the Intercontinental title. Shazam, yep. the Cisco Genie, and the Caged Man. Mm-hmm. And uh, Monty McNeil is the interviewer, and he goes to ask Johnny Superb about winning the title. Yes. And what happens? Well, Johnny starts talking. And you see in the background, if you watch it, you look at the background, the sexy boy is clearly perturbed. See, the sexy boy is the leader. And he's got the, that egotistical kind of character. So when, someone's, when, when, when no one's talking about him or the collective, you can see that it, 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 he doesn't like it. So Johnny starts talking and sexy boy interrupts him and starts talking about his match, which is coming up. Uh, actually, like in, in two matches, in one, in two matches from now, he starts talking about um, his own match, interrupting Johnny Superb, who gives him a dirty look, and we're sowing seeds here of a feud, you see. And so up to this point, nothing had happened, but this actually leads to something uh, like a number of events down the road where we're sowing the seeds that the sexy boy is is jealous because Johnny Superb is successful. Well, he brought Johnny in, and Johnny is getting more successful than he is. So it's 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 a nice little. It's a nice yeah. little play into something that happens later on. Yeah, Sexy Boy, of course, in this mo- in this moment references Sexy Boy is the NCW champion. What we did was we went to watch wrestling. It's uh, there was another federation that we knew through uh, Johnny Superb in in his real life through this guy he went to school with because these guys were still in high school, by the way. <laughs> and this guy had kind of antagonized me over email. This uh, this guy Fishman, 
And so he wanted to join and then all this stuff, whatever. He started his own federation. So we went to some pay-per-view at somebody's house and I quick pinned like somebody. And then we ran off with the title. Yeah. So with their title and drove around and they chased us legit, like, like fucking not kayfabe. Yeah. So driving around Garden City. Yeah. So we stole, we stole a rival federation's title belt and you, you declared yourself the champion. And the guy who ran this federation showed up at this event. He did, and we'll get to that later. So, so Sexy Boy, of course, is referencing his NCW belt that he's not wearing. <laughs> he's showing it. He's doing the belt motions. And at this point, if you want to get a picture in your mind of the Sexy Boy, I'm wearing a fucking crop top. Terrible. And a fur and coat. Pants. And a Jamiroquai fur hat. A Jamiroquai fur hat and, like, a lambskin coat. Yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. And, so, then, like, the big, the, big, uh, the big giant glasses, like the sunglasses that are orange. Terrible. So, um, yeah, he interrupts them, interrupts Johnny to talk about his match. And then Monty McNeil tries to go back and get Johnny to like talk more about it because he's consummate interviewer. It's like, Johnny, let's get back to you. And Sexy Boy interrupts him again and does the big, like, we're going to win. You know, uh, we're coming right at you. Where's the talisman? He's not going to show up. So maybe this is going to be, we have a, we have a six man tag. Maybe it's going to be three on two or four on two. And then, you know, does, does his promo and, 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 and hints that you don't think you've seen Shazam in the Cajun Man, but you might see him a little later. Because we, we can't just leave things to be surprising. So the next match is a, a tag team called Men at Work. Yep. Uh, against Bar Staff Inc. Now, a uh, quick fact about Men at Work. I believe that they are the only uh, wrestlers in, in our Federation's history to have the same name as the um, artist that does their theme music. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So men at work using men at works. Who can it be now? So men at work are two construction workers. Yeah. Uh, Bobby, Bobby, Bobby Bitchin, who was a singles wrestler for a and while. Was you. And then Biff McDougal, who showed up and uh, they became Emerald. a tag team. Yeah. They became a tag team and, and they're hardworking men. And uh, they wrestle a tag team known as Bar Staff Inc. because one of them is Mike and he legitimately worked in a bar. He was a bartender. <laughs> so, so his name was Bart Ender. And then his his brother Matt was Barbakian. His little brother too. And like, at this time, he's the youngest guy ever in Wapas. Uh, Bar Staff Inc. are billed at five hundred and eighty seven pounds <laughs> collectively. <laughs> you know what? Men at work were billed at like six hundred and thirty. They should have been way more. If if <laughs> like, Bar if Bar Staff Inc. is five eighty seven, like three bills each. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, I have a lot of notes for this match, even though I really shouldn't, because let's not waste a lot of time on it. Yeah, yeah no, let's go, go, let's but, go through it. I got a few thoughts. Um, the match starts off great. Men at work both have construction hats. Yeah. So at the same time, we throw them at the members of Bar Staff Inc. We're like, catch. And they and catch them, and then we beat them up. So good. Um, let's see here. Uh, the Saucy Beret makes its debut. Yes. Well, I'm the referee, and I'm Jack the Stack, as I get coined on the air at this at this event. Uh, I loved this was my first time being a referee, I believe. I fucking loved it. I loved being a ref. You can tell I could like being a ref. I like telling guys. I like I'm like one of those guys, it's like the referee is all dictating the flow of the match. <laughs> I'm all trying to tell guys what to do. I'm all oh, come on, run in now. So good. Yeah. So anyway, Jack the Stack is where I'm wearing a beret to conceal my identity. And uh our our announcer dazzling Dexter Dawson, um, who likes to talk about fashion and things of that sort. Uh, talks about I have a saucy beret. And that's a term that we used for a long time after that. Still, if I wore a beret today, you'd be like, well, look at that saucy beret. It's true. Uh, At one point in the match, Bobby Bitchin loses momentum because he gets more interested in thrusting with Bartender's toque. (laughs) 
So he just wants to hump it towards the camera, and that's and then he's distracted. So he loses yep. momentum in the match. Good old Bobby Bitchin. Um, at one point, Bobby Bitchin uses his hard hat as a weapon right in front of you, the ref. Yep. And you have to no sell it. So I I do it right in front of you, and then you make a face like what what happened. <laughs> so that's awesome. So good. And the match ends with uh, hard work and slam and bitchin elbow, which is uh, Bobby Bitchin's version of the people's elbow. Yeah, and, and people, I was thinking about people's elbow hadn't been around that long at that point. Yeah, and so Barstaff Inc. wins the match, and then Bobby Bitchin, who men at never, work win the match. Yes, and that's right, sorry, men at work win, and then Bobby Bitchin, who had never won a match up to that point, <laughs> yep. tells the camera that it doesn't the 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 win feels like nothing to him because he's so used to winning. <laughs> such a, such a dirty heel. So he you know he has no emotion. Because no. he just wins so much, even though... I'd be remiss if I didn't give people a picture of Bobby Bitchin. It's you wearing a hard hat and a Hartford Whalers jersey and jeans. That's right. Uh, this match go. on the whoop-ass scale, what did you give it? On the whoop-ass scale? Uh, you know, it wasn't a bad match. But uh, the work rate on the other side of Bar Staff Inc., not so good. Uh, two and a half. Yeah, and there's a tag team match later on that I'm also involved in that's far worse. <laughs> Yeah, far, we'll get to that. far worse. We'll so, get that. Tag matches are hard. Yeah. And uh, you guys, uh, the b- minute work worked it. And bar staff, the bumping was not not up to par. My favorite part of this match was Barbakian is the little guy on bar staff incorporated. He he loses his mask and he gets it back on and you punch him in the mask and he looks at you and gives you the, the fucking finger wag. <laughs> like, uh, uh, uh. so good. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, two and a half stars. So that then, match went, uh, that match went about six minutes and thirty-five seconds. So then, uh, again, we have this big tag match at the end of the show. That's that's the main event of the show. Yeah. So in the middle of the show, we have uh, our world title match. Yes, and this so, is a best of fives, best of five falls match. So we have Ali the Backyard Beats O'Gradden. What's that? We have Ali the Backyard Beats O'Gradden, who yes. is the WAWF World Heavyweight Champion, the official yep. champion of our federation. Mm-hmm. And we have the sexy boy Jamie C, the leader of the worldly gentlemen, bad guys, and the NCW champion, this this belt that we stole. Yes. So we call this match a unification match. Yes. And it's best of five falls. So, so Monty McNeil is exactly what it is. Monty McNeil is sitting at the table for commentary, and he is joined by the Cajun man and Johnny Superb. So two two bad guys. Yeah, to come in and, and, and do the commentary while the match is going on, uh, while, while their friend is wrestling. And I found this this event I like because we got the tables set up again, a non-breakable table now. It's just one of the university tables. And we actually like have the commentators on camera. with And, he, and, and Monty McNeil, or Lauren, he's wearing a headset with a microphone. It's amazing. It actually looks, you're like, wow, it's kind of like... We never really did that again because we never really had that opportunity. We had a lot of guys there, and we had the camera and the tripod. And so the guys come in, and they sit, and they chat a little bit. And Johnny's a little bit perturbed at the sexy boy, but he's going, well, he's the man. So we're going to, you know, we're here to support him. And, you know, then the camera pans over for the intros. And at that point, we barely hear these guys again. Because <laughs> yes. they're far away from the camera, and we don't hear them. It's, it, it really... It sticks in my craw. So uh, both characters in this match are basically at the height of their like goodness and badness. Yeah. So sexy boy is in full what we called crackhead mode. He's got he's got the 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 lambskin coat. He's got the big hat. Uh, yep. He's got stupid some facial glasses. hair, stupid glasses. Uh, and then Ali O'Gratton 
He's yeah. got he's got blue hair. Like he legitimately dyed his hair blue. He's got yep. a blue Buffalo Bills jersey on, and on the back where it said San B Sanders or not Bills, the, Lions. the Detroit Lions jersey where it said B Sanders. He's he's altered it to say Beats with a he, piece of paper and tape. He's got him. a big inflatable bat with an inflatable Bills helmet on yeah, top. Yes, and uh, he he's wearing the belt, which when he takes it off, he rips up the it's belt. It's a foam belt at this point. We're using a WWF foam replica. And he rips it. Titles. He rips it into carelessly. Yeah, he rips. He rips the whole back strap because he's an idiot. So, the match. <laughs> so the match starts off with a pose down. Yeah, sexy, it does. And the sexy boy does a pose, and Ali does a pose, and sexy boy does a pose, and then when Ali does his next pose, sexy boy attacks him. Classic. Uh, Monty spends. Uh, a good portion of the early part of the match, our commentator, yep. focusing on Johnny Superb's tainted IC title win. <laughs> so he doesn't talk about the world title match in the ring. He's nope. he's chastising Johnny Superb for a tainted win. So good. Um, so now, one of the more amusing things about this match. So sometimes we had people that weren't us watching matches. Yes. Uh, whether they wanted to or not. Yeah, in this case, space. there were people that were actually using the space to study when we started, and they actually contributed to some of the cheering. But they had left by this point, so we were left with just our crew. Yeah. So to have noise for the match, we had basically three of us cheering. Yep. And two of us in particular said things. Yeah. One was Kyle. Yep. Who would who would um, antagonize the sexy boy. As like a fan at ringside antagonizing the sexy boy, yep. As as uh with lines such as uh my sister didn't feel you. <laughs> my sister didn't feel you enter and my mom was faking it. Yes, and, and the sexy boy would be like, Shut up. Yeah. The other voice was me. Yep. And I was cheering the sexy boy. Yep. But as a female. <laughs> <laughs> the high pitched so voice. the high pitched oh, voice I'd be like oh sexy I love you <laughs> like constantly yep. sexy boy I want to be with you <laughs> worst yes so so that's happening throughout the match when there are a chance for Ali sexy boy gets really mad and sells it yeah while telling people to shut up grabbing my crotch at them <laughs> yeah. stop yelling his name the other thing that's the other thing that's great is that it's a best of five match. So the first yep. person to win three score three falls wins the match. Well, we all knew this except for the referee. Oh, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> so there are moments where you're you're because now in a classic, when you book these kind of matches, what's supposed to happen is the bad guy is either supposed to go up by two falls to none, or the bad guy is supposed to get a fall, lose a fall, get a fall, lose a fall. But the basically the bad guy gets the first falls because that's how you create the most drama. Yeah. So there are points where you're legitimately supposed to get the fall, and the ref either doesn't count or he slow counts. He slow counts because he's well, well. Okay, so the black box Bobby is a friend of Kyle's, and so he's I don't even know the guy's name, and he he he's our referee, and so he the the first fall that I that we get that I get on on O'Gratton, and he's he slow counted a couple near falls before this, but when I finally get the first when Sexy Boy, I mean gets the gets that um, first fall. Um, he, he counts so slow. I say it was like one, two, and then he holds his arm up and he finally does it. And it's like, he, he might, it's, I look at him 
And I'm just like, just count them regular. No, after what happens is after he counts the first fall, you say to him, you can see you saying to him, it's a best of five. Yeah. Just count it. So you, you tell him then. Yeah. And so things get normal after that. Yeah, yeah sure does. So uh, Sexy Boy goes up one. Yeah. And then you go up two. Go up two. So you go up two nothing. After a botch, by the way. Then at some point, and I didn't know where it was, but at some point, there's a great close-up. You're giving uh, Alistair a chin lock. Yep. And we close up on both your faces, and you're clearly talking through what you're going to do next. We're all just chatting. We're like, <laughs> uh, yeah. We're trying not to, so we're trying to cover it up a little bit. Now, the other thing that amused me about this is that, you know, Sexy Boy would obviously, when he'd get, when you'd get hyped, you would say yep. things. So yep. at one point, you're like beating on him, and then you walk up to the camera, and as angrily as possible, you're like, that's what I call Sexy City, Utah. <laughs> Which so is where you're from, and I don't know why I'm, you'd call it that. I don't know, but but you, I, don't, I have no idea. Yeah, I don't know why I would say that either in the middle of a match. That's that's what he calls Sixty City Utah. But anyway, so you so you you score the first two falls, and then yeah. in in uh, you're you're then inattentive, and you end up paying for it by losing a fall. Of course, because that's what heels do. They get they get really um cocky. cocky. Yeah. And then in the second fall, to where uh, where Ali O'Gratton ties it up, he basically beats you pillar to post. Yeah, for like a good like two or three minutes. He puts you through a table. It's the table that was previously broken. We just we just put it up so it looked like it was together again. Yeah. He puts you through it. Then he throws you in the ring and he does the famous pinfall with where he puts one foot on your chest. Yep. And he counts it with his hand, and it's yep, great. Terrible, but you know a burial. But it's in the middle of a fucking match. Yes. So then. The over and we bury the guy. So then um, now we're tied up. So the next fall wins. And then yep. on the third fall, the ref takes a bump. Well, yeah, the sexy boy elbows the ref in the head we inadvertently. Knock, we but knock, it's clearly yes. for real. So we knock the ref out. All your bad guy friends hit the ring. Shazam hits the ring first. Yes. Shazam comes running in. And the best quote ever is the Cajun man and you can't hear him very well throughout but you hear this quote where it's like Shazam comes running in when the ref gets knocked out and the Cajun man says looks like the genie's out of the bottle <laughs> so good well because so that was the, genie. the ring throws the ring bell which is a frying pan yes to the ring now this is the one spot I don't like because the sexy boy while Ali O'Gratton is on the on the mat slams the pan and it slams the ring bell or the pan into his head right there instead of you know what you would normally do is wait for him to get up and then waffle him hard for like the for maximum impact like for to, to look the best yeah but it doesn't matter sexy boy then pins alio gratton shazam wakes up the referee and counts the pinfall and the match is over sexy boy wins the world title and amalgamates them and he and you know so the worldly gentlemen all hit the ring uh very important point posing. very important point here after you score the winning pinfall on oh, Alistair, yes. he starts to get up, and you clearly see, and you clearly see you saying to him, "Stay down." Well, and and you know what? You'll see throughout the match. Uh, well, nobody will, but you know when we watch the match, you see throughout the match every time O'Gratton gets pinned, he immediately gets up. So he gets pinned on a on on my finisher off the top rope, a, a spinning heel kick. Yep. He gets up before I do. Yes, he does. Explain <laughs> to the referee that it was a two count when it wasn't at all. So, so I immediately, I'm like, get down, like stay down. Yeah. And you see it. I, I'm pointing to him to stay down. And he kind of flops back onto the mat. So we're, the four of us are celebrating. We've our, our, our plan has worked. You've won the world title. 
and we're we're about to leave the ring triumphantly yes. when again our president who we've knocked out of action in a, in a prior show yeah. makes his triumphant appearance like his return, yeah, his return. Yeah. and he's carrying a pool cue he's got a giant staff yeah and he basically threatens us with physical harm and he restarts yep. the match yep he's like this is not how it's going to go we're going to restart the match and presumably because the referee was knocked out. Yeah. So them. Yeah. So he knows that that we 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 our dirty tricks yeah. were the reason for the result, and and so he's reversed it. So the match restarts, and um, Alio Gratton wins. He gets he hits the fall. five moves in a row and wins. And he and like, he wins like definitively. Yeah. So he wins. So now the good guys won. He has both titles. The bad guys kind of, you know, go off sulking with their tail between their legs. Yep. And the plan did uh, not work. And and so we're, we're everything is kind of joyful back in in the federation. So yeah. then uh, with with our president in the ring. Oh, here, well, let's do the mat. Let's do the uh, match rating because this is another segment. Okay, what would you? Um, do? it went sixteen thirty five. Yes. Uh, I'll give it three and a half on the whip ass scale. That was a good. There's match. things I don't like about it. But it was a good match. It was good. It's it's one of the more watchable ones. So uh, then uh, we we have a. Uh, an interview. So what happens is the president's in the ring, Alio Gratton, the champ's in the ring. Slick Nick conducts the interview. It's me. Yeah. And then we introduce Craze Kamikaze Conniption because he is is Alio Gratton's buddy who's fighting in the last match. Yes. So the so four, they come in. To so celebrate. we're in the ring. Uh, yep. This is where um, Alio Gratton makes reference to well, ever since the sexy boy stole the belt and left his big trail of pud. Yes, there was a made-up storyline by Alistair how the sexy boy walked into his house, stole the title belt many months earlier, uh, and um, and you know walked out while masturbating and ejaculating. I guess so. That was really the thing. Uh, of course, he got the belt back after he got laid out by the newly formed worldly gentleman, and they dropped the belt on his face. Um, so he did get the belt back before this match. So he, but yes, he was making reference to something that he made up in storyline when I wasn't there. Yeah. So basically. Uh, so the, the gist of this interview is that we've done an amalgamation of two belts, but yep. then we declare openly, this was never an amalgamation. This NCW belt means shit. It's garbage. Yep. Fuck this belt. We, they we throw it in a garbage we can. We take a garbage can and Craze Kamikaze Conniption pulls down his pants and, and, and simulates like he's shitting on it. Yes. So comically, I might say comically. So at that point, uh, one of our more famous lines is that I then declare well, I guess that puts an end to NCW. And the guy who runs the Federation who's in the audience yells out, no, it doesn't. <laughs> yep. The guy was there. And we had a plan. I remember we were like, he's here. And it's like, well, if he tries to do anything, we'll just all like kind of just not. We're not going to beat him up because that's not who we are. We were just going to kind of all like swarm him and just hold him down and be like, calm down. Yep. That was going to be our thing. Nothing ever came of it. He was a high, he was a big dude. He was a high school kid. And we were just like, uh, why is he here? Yeah. <laughs> but he was there watching. And then after that, he left. The other thing to note here is that they make reference again to the fact that the talisman has been laid out, that they may yep. not have a partner. And this is the part of a, a comedy string where Kamikaze repeatedly for the rest of the show yep. states, he fell through a table while I was wrestling him. Yep. He fell through a table. <laughs> While we were and wrestling, then, the worst part about this segment is that Alio Gratton hints hard that somebody's going to make a return in the main event, which was supposed to be a surprise for all the people. Yes, that's right. He fucking blows it. 
Of course he does. Because he does it all the time. So, oh, a certain a certain disappeared wrestler might be coming back. It's like, what? <laughs> why, why are you saying that? It's supposed to be a surprise. There was a whole thing, like, storyline-wise, that made sense. He all blows it in his interview. So bad. Like, he wasn't supposed to know either. No, he wasn't. He just knew because we told him because that's we talked about the storylines behind the scenes. So, uh, next match. Yes. Is... Now we just... This is the... This is the um, deflating kind of at the end of the one of the big main events, you know, the big title match. Now you just it just we just take it a few many pegs down. Well, this is called the death spot. So yep. this, this is the death spot. So we have uh, Hulk Domo. Yep. And he fights Francis Cunning. The master of aerobics. So Hulk Domo is is ultimately our most famous character out of Whoop Ass yep. because it was any one of us wearing a Hulk Hogan mask and a Domo jumpsuit. Yep. And we have all sorts of pictures of Hulk Domo doing tons of non-wrestling-related things, which we may get into in future episodes. I think we might. Uh, so anyways, he – but he's a bad wrestler. He's a comedy character. And yes. and one of his – one of the things that he likes to do is he likes to hit on everybody in sight. Yes. So he rubs up against referees and his opponents, yeah. and he, he simulates dry-humping things. All the time. Yeah. And uh, This Hulk Domo is Corey. And what I found interesting about this match is – for some reason, what we usually had during the summer is Hulk Domo would be wearing my like Domo uh, po- uh, like uh, like collared shirt or you know the the coveralls, the thin coveralls. For some reason, I only brought my to this event. I only brought my winter coveralls, <laughs> so I can't imagine how goddamn hot that was. Oh, I'm sure being the winter coveralls while wrestling in that goddamn mask. <laughs> so Francis Cunning is just the master of aerobics. He's wearing blue coveralls. By the way, quite a few wrestlers in blue coveralls in this at this event. Oh yeah, he's got he's got some kind of um it, I can't even explain what it is. It's kind of like he's got the blue pants and the blue kind of top that he's cut kind of fringe at the bottom. But I can't explain what kind of suit this is. Is it some kind of like lab suit of some kind or what I don't know. So, I can't really explain what, or maybe it was like a rain suit for camping. It was something <laughs> like that. So here are my notes on this match. Yep. Um, the NCW belt, which was thrown in the trash and shit on, Francis Cunning takes it out of the garbage. Yes, and he calls it it's naturally cunning wrestling. From so the so then we ref and then we reference the fact that it's a shit covered belt. Yeah. We just pretend, I guess. Okay. Yeah. It's Come. got shit all over it. He just showed it the camera. Now, nothing on it, but now, it's got shit. Now, for whatever reason, Craze Kamikaze Kniption is doing commentary. Yeah. <laughs> so, at one point, he references the show Body Shaping. Yeah. And he says that on TSN, that show is like soft porn for Francis Cunning. <laughs> Such good references. Kyle was the best. At one point in the match... Hulk Domo simulates giving Francis Cunning a blowjob, which which Francis Cunning sells. <laughs> so good. The other one that's great, another kamikaze line. He yep. gets accused of st- stuffing his packs. Yep. To which he says, no, it's not stuffing. Really, it's all skidded meat. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Kyle was... That guy had the most charisma out of anybody. Yeah. So, anyways, Francis Cunning wins. Life. The, Francis Cunning wins the match, and then Kamikaze hits the ring and beats them both up and buries yeah. them. We're like, get in there, Kamikaze! Just beat them both up. We hadn't planned on it, but we were just like, go, go, bury both guys and just had a match. <laughs> that match went a, a, a tedious five eleven. 
And you gave it? Uh, minus. No, I'll give it. A, I'll give it a dud. Yeah, I thought so too. Really bad. The finishing. The finisher is like he goes to each turnbuckle and then does some kind of a splash or a lateral press. Terrible. Uh, so then the next match that I have the least amount of notes on is yep. Mr. Lights Out versus El Alieno. All right, some backstory then. Mr. Lights Out is the Japanese assassin. He wears a monster mask. He's not a monster. He is a person wearing a mask. Um, he debuted without missing one hand, um, which is some some real nice stereotyping on our part. It's all a Japanese guy, you know, who has his hand cut off by the mob, um, by the Yakuza. Um, he's got a manager named Archbishop Payne, which is you wearing, I believe, a garbage bag as yes. kind of a dress. And a balaclava. And a balaclava, and who is super right wing. And it, it doesn't make sense, by the way. Like, why would this Japanese assassin associate himself with this right-wing fascist? And and vice versa. Oh, I exactly. Because throughout, Archbishop Payne makes it known how much he hates immigrants and Mexicans. So, yeah. So, he... Um, uh, Eli Lieno is a... In backstory, is me wearing an alien mask I found at San Francisco at the, at the Garden City Shopping Center. Um, really, I made this character up because I found the mask. The, uh, he's a Mexican luchador who's, uh, in, in storyline is, is 65 years old or something around that. So that's, that's the backstory. Uh, Ellie Leono, you know, wears, I believe a pair of pants around my, around my shoulders as a cape or a sash Uh and does a lot of fucking throw your hands in the air dancing. So, uh, Ellie Leono is, is a senior luchador. And these guys, this is an actual feud. These guys had a feud set up the, at the um, at the event previous. And Eli Liano, the story is that he's basically like an aging luchador. So like yep. your your Mexican luchador who's in his like sixties, which actually oh, they're not very good. Which actually happens, like it exists in real life. Yes, exactly. So uh, the only things that I have as notes for this match, uh, Archbishop Payne ma- says a line where he says, "I may be fascist, but you'd better be quiet." <laughs> <laughs> this and, is the most hilarious looking character too because you're wearing the professor ninja balaclava yes and then and you look ridiculous basically after like a, a garbage match um mr lights out gives eliano his finisher it's the heart punch yeah and eliano is declared to be knocked out yep. but in real well not in real life in our storyline story he actually is dead yeah he dies in the ring <laughs> eliano fucking dies in the ring yeah so uh, yeah, yeah. One of our- uh, there's not much more to say about this match. At one point, I believe um, Corey, who's playing Mister Lights Out, um, does a pedigree where he bashes bashed his fucking knee on the on the, in between like in between the cushions, and was legit injured. And um, yeah, Eliano dies where they de- where the re- where the officials declare him dead in the ring. <laughs> not a doctor. The WAWF officials declare him dead. So what is your rating, and then what was the length? Uh, I went 245. I'll give it a star for the storyline. All right. Uh, it's pretty It's pretty terrible. Okay. Now this next match. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. All right. So we decide that we're going to have, uh, we introduce a new belt and it's called the Canadian title. Yeah. So we have the world title. We have the intercontinental title, which is the same as the like WWF. It's our secondary title. Yep. We have tag team titles. We have a cruiserweight title. Yep. For, for for our quote unquote smaller wrestlers, <laughs> yep. And then we decide we had a belt in our high school wrestling federation called the Canadian Title. 
Yeah. So we decided to introduce it as another secondary belt. Because we needed that, right? Yeah, of course. And so the match yeah. that we decide for to have for this belt is between the convict who came out at the start of the show and declared he's not going to fight in this match. Yeah. And Dr. Helicopter, who's our friend Kyle. And he basically is, I don't Wearing know. Wearing a blue jumpsuit. And he's just kind of a random dude. There's not much of a story to Dr. Helicopter. And he doesn't really show up much again after this. No, Dr. Helicopter had one previous match. He spins his arms wildly like a chopper. He has a fishnet mask over his face and wearing a blue jumpsuit and orange gloves. And when he wrestled you, he spun his fist and legitimately clocked you in the face. He did. Uh, in the, the 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 month earlier, I got I, I he 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 busted my nose. Didn't bust my nose. He drew blood though. Yeah, I drew some color. Yes. So uh, underneath my alieno mask. So yeah, Doctor Helicopter is he's just a crazy dude. So this match is we decide that it's going to be a false con- count anywhere match. But but with the goofy rule that once you get the pinfall, then you have to go back to the ring, and then your opponent has 60 seconds to get to the ring. Oh, it's WrestleMania 10, by the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. Which is opposed to just having falls outside of the ring. Yes. Um, I'm not going to go into... It's infinitely worse, by the way. For, for details you're going to find out right away, I'm not going to go into the full synopsis of this match. No, fuck First no. of all, tell people how long this match was. This match went 30 minutes and 20 seconds. <laughs> so... This is the second longest match in the history. Our longest match was a 30-minute Iron Man match that went 32 minutes. So this went over 30 period. minutes. And, and it was infinitely better. Yes. Infinitely so, better than this. So it's 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 not a good match. It's just a lot of I hit you, you hit me. But it's very significant for a number of reasons. Yes. Okay. So here are my notes. Okay. At the start of the match, we talk about the Canadian title lineage, I believe. Yes. And Dirty Don goes out of his way to bury a wrestler named Jeff Gissette. <laughs> Jeff Gissette was a wrestler who wrestled in our high school wrestling federation. Had yeah. nothing to do with whoop ass, but Dirty Don decided to take a shot at him anyways. <laughs> of course. <laughs> the Dr. Helicopter hits the ring. Yep. They introduce the convict. He doesn't show up because, again, he said at the start, I'm not wrestling no fucking match. The funny thing is, is that Dr. Helicopter comes to the ring and buries the match. He's like, fucking get this started. Yeah. Fuck this or something. Like he, Both these guys don't want to wrestle for a title, by the way. So he's in the ring. Uh, we do a full count out. The ref yeah, counts they, to we 10. We the winner. We announce Dr. Helicopter the winner. And then do, uh, the convict jumps him and starts the match. And so the referee's like, all right, let's do it. So after all this drama where the whole pur- purpose is like, I'm not wrestling this fucking match. He just wrestles the match. <laughs> yep. And and not only these guys don't want to wrestle, they then proceed to wrestle fucking 30 minutes. Uh, so they, like, they wrestle all over the university. And I'm le- legitimately talking everywhere on the first floor and on the outside and in the student center. Everywhere you could think of. Terrible and boring. Yeah. It's, it's so boring they're taking stops to drink water. Yes. Um, but there are a few things. Uh, the commentators in their commentary make reminders to the referee to clean up the mess behind us. Yep. <laughs> so that we don't get in trouble. Yeah. They're like, clean up the mess. That's what the like ref's job be, is. At this point, I'm kind of waiting for an opening and that kind of does it. I don't know how we got away with all this at the University of Winnipeg. No idea. <laughs> like, I know that there was some security guards that kind of thought it was funny. It's the University of Winnipeg. I have no idea. So the match goes for about 10 to 15 minutes. It's in that range. Yep. And there's this point where they wrestle. They're on the in the basement. They wrestle over to the elevator. 
So yeah. then they're like, okay, we're uh, we're going to run upstairs and catch them when they get upstairs. So we cut and we're running upstairs and we go to the elevator. So the elevator opens. One of them is trying to pin the other. The ref is in there. <laughs> and also in there is you as commentator Dirty Dawn. You are, you're, you're on the floor like you've been caught in the crossfire is what you say. <laughs> So you've been knocked over, and you're also in the elevator. Because <laughs> in wrestling, the commentators walk around with, behind the cameraman. Yes, that's right. Um, then they spill outside. Okay, so they go outside. Yep. And, and it's February in Winnipeg, by It's the way. February in Winnipeg, so it's super cold. And uh, uh, the convict knocks Dr. Helicopter kind of senseless. What the fuck? <laughs> Sorry, I just you couldn't hear it. I just pressed the start of a song on my iTunes. Oh, no, <laughs> it was I all surf music all of a sudden playing. Nice. <laughs> You'll hear it when you listen to the show after. So, okay, so uh, Doctor Helicopter is knocked kind of loopy, and then the convict runs into the street, and he commandeers a car. He commandeers a car. He he pulls our friend Alistair out of a car, gets yep. in, and he runs over. Doctor Helicopter. He hits him with now, the car. This is like a this is like a gimmick that that Kyle would do. He would he would perfected kind of getting hit the car. He'd jump under the hood and roll off. So he they wanted to showcase this. This is legitimately the this is a classic clip. So he hits him with the car. He pins him. But then you know like you think hitting him with the car should be the end. It should have been the finish. But no no no. He uh, hits him with the car and then he. Uh, uh, the, the Dr. Helicopter still beats the count back. Now, can I ask something? I believe that we thought this, I think that we thought this was the finish. I I think that we believe that. Like when we were, when we were planning this, I think that was supposed to be the finish. Okay. I don't I'm know. I don't sure. remember. Should have been. I don't, I, I'm pretty sure because after this, you're the only one following the action. Well, in retrospect, the rest of us are like, fuck this. We're done. So we, we, so it goes on. For another 15 minutes, we go all the way through the second or the first level of the university. We spill out the back end of the university outside. We wake our On way Ellis, around. Yep. We walk our, go down Ellis, down the road next. I think it's what, Spence? Ben. Yep. Go down the side and we go back to the doors to get into to the university. Spence yep. doors of the student center. And so now here's the most significant part of the yep. match and probably of the whole event. Yep. And it, this is really hard to describe. You kind of have to see it. I almost think you should clip this. Yeah, I think I should. Because this is the, the one thing you need to see. Yeah. So there is, when you walk in, you go up a, a flight of about five steps. And there's a wheelchair and ramp. And there's also a wheelchair ramp to go up from the street level to the next level. And then yeah. there's another flight of like six steps to go up into like an administ- door. Into administrative office. Yes. So they go up that, the two of them go up that second flight of steps. They both climb over the barrier and the idea is that Kyle's going to jump over the barrier onto the floor and he's going to drive um, Lauren's head. So this is um, Convict's head into a ba- banister and and uh, that's going to be their spot. The banister on the on the uh, far side of the uh, of the wheelchair ramp. So the problem is that the wheelchair ramp, the level of the wheelchair ramp is significantly below that of where Kyle's going to land. And again, yep. too hard to explain. Bottom yep. line is... Uh, convict's head legitimately goes right into the bar- banister. Yeah, like legit he hits it hard. Legit hits it hard. He's clearly still th- going down. Yeah, yeah, clearly in extreme distress. Clearly concussed. Oh yeah, like absolutely fucked, like fucked himself up. Dude was gray. Yeah, it was so awful. 
So we uh, we quickly do a pin and then we turn the camera off because yep. we're like, holy fuck. Um, about half an hour later, after yep. the dude is like recovered. And again, this is 1998, 2015. There's no fucking way we like we're done. The whole show stops. The whole show will be done. But in 1998, yeah, he's going to the like, hospital. Yeah. So in 1998, we we turn the camera on again, and uh, we're in the ring. And then the convict just runs to the ring, gives the guy a stunner, throws him out of the ring. Sixty seconds pass, and the match is over. That's it. Yeah. And we, he wins the title, the convict, Canadian champion. So and that was it. We rushed it. Yeah. Done. And I think Lorne, the convict, spent the rest of the night because he did not have any more matches uh, lined up. Um, he spent the rest of the time laying off to the side, just laying down. It was fucking ridiculous. So I, uh, I one note that I did write was, how much longer would the match have gone if that didn't happen? I know, right? Were we looking at like a 45-minute match? I like, don't know. Do they have a plan? I have no idea. So anyways, uh, yeah. So Convict wins the Canadian title. Uh, how many stars? Two. I, it was it had enough stuff, like big things in it? Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe three. But there was I don't know. A, there, I don't know. There was too much nothing. Like I fast forwarded most of the match. Oh, I was boring as shit. Yeah. Two stars. All right. Top. There we go. So, uh so then we've still got more matches. Jesus. And we got three more matches and we got the I believe at this point now the um the the curlers are being interviewed. Now the curlers are getting a um a title shot against the rulers of the high seas. We'll explain about the rulers of the high seas in a minute. The curlers are a couple of curlers skip and lead. They are the number one contenders. And so they're getting interviewed about how they feel about um, getting a title shot. Now, the funny thing about the curlers is they have curling brooms, but they're carrying garbage can lids as fucking rocks. <laughs> and so they're about to talk and Shazam, Mrs. Gojini and the Cajun man walk in. The Cajun man sprays a deck of cards into their faces and they beat them up. And you get the infamous uh, Shazam Sisko-Genie beating on a guy with his curling broom while really only hitting the ground with the opposite side of the broom. Of course. To make a big sound. At that point, they say, I guess it's our title shot now. We, I think we pan around no, to Doc Maloney, the president. We don't show him, but he's, his voice is heard. So, we decl- so then we're like, we say we're going to take the shot. And then the commentator's like, Dak Maloney, what do you say? And Dak Maloney's like, yes, give them the match. Yeah. And I wrote, what? <laughs> the president, who's so about law and order about five segments ago, all of a sudden is like, yeah, these guys can just take the match. I hate these guys. They put me out. Um, I got my revenge on them, you know, but now we're buddies. I'm going to give them the title match because they attacked the team that had the match. Doesn't make sense. Um, my favorite part about this segment is when the, when Shazam says Gojini starts talking like the Cajun man for no reason. Oh, I guess we got the title shot now. <laughs> I, it's just so good. It doesn't make sense though. It's just no. like, why would he give the match to them? Anyways. So even without the backstory that he hates them because they beat him up and they're taking over the Federation. Makes no sense. Okay. So now we get Shazam and the Cajun Man uh, are facing the champions. The rulers of the high seas. Now the rulers of the high seas have a long story. I'm not going to go into it too much. They're the tag team champions. The ones that won the title are the are Nautilus and Aquarius. And there's an original Nautilus who sometimes shows up. We had a Nautilus and an imposter Nautilus. And then they just became buddies. So there's Nautilus, Nautilus, and Aquarius. And so wrestling are the original Nautilus and Aquarius are the wrestlers in the match, I believe. Yes. So the less that's said about this match, the better, to be honest with you. It's embarrassingly bad. Don't even go to it. It's bad. Uh, the Genie and, and Shazam and Cajun Man win. And it's terrible. 
Here's and here are my notes. First of all, yep. here's here's the where's the fucking sound event? Minus five stars. Yes, even, even yes, on the ro- even yes. on the rolling scale. Okay, there's another table shot in for no reason where I drop you on the table and you legitimately yep. hurt your knee. I'm the imposter Nautilus and I'm not wrestling. And I'm wearing, by the way, as my costume, a green, a fucking sleeping bag, fucking bag with a, with a, with a, with a, a hole for my head sticking out of it. Um, and then the only other thing I say is what a complete fucking mess. The commentators are super bored. They just start telling jokes and fighting with each other and they're telling jokes. Yep. They're telling jokes about like being Scottish. There's, there's a joke where it's like, uh, it's like Alistair's talking in a Scottish accent and he's like, Oh honey, put your, uh, put your hand up my kilt. And the, <laughs> and the woman's like, Oh, it's gruesome. And he's like, yeah, put your hand in there again. And it grew some more. It's like. <laughs> Fucking terrible. So that's Moody Moves and Snuggles, right? Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, terrible match. But really bad. But having the Cajun Man win. They win the they titles. Become tag team champions. The Whirly Gentlemen now have the IC title and the tag team titles in their in their grasp. And this is important for later shows because the only person in the faction who has failed to achieve winning a title is the leader, the sexy boy. And this was all planned. Yes. That was the whole point. Um, yeah, minus five stars, maybe not that bad. Still pretty bad. 717. I'd call it a dud. There's uh, worse matches than that. Uh, so then we have the Cruiserweight Championship. Yep. For the new Cruiserweight title, we've established another title on this show. So we established that there's going to be a Cruiserweight title. Yep. It is Zach Rage, who is the activist from hell. Yes. That's me wearing a balaclava and a fucking plaid shirt. Now this was this was not your original match, right? This was Zach Rage had wrestled before, correct? One match, one match at the event previous. Yep. And making his debut. Yep. Monster Balls, <laughs> which is Mike's brother Matt, wearing guy in the Fed, wearing a, a wife beater. Yep. <laughs> and it's got suspenders. To, to boxer shorts. To boxer on. shorts. And the boxer shorts are just ridiculously stuffed. Like with two fucking giant testicles. Because he's, he's monster balls. He's monster balls. And his but, one of his moves is to actually bump his balls into his opponent. Monster balls is great. Uh, Matt, we play on this. He's on our hockey team. And I still call him monster balls. So not. Like, o- oh. And he's all old Matt now. <laughs> and it's all like, what's up, monster? So not only now. Ugh, so it's a it's a new championship. It's debuting. They have a match. We decide one guy in his debut gets a championship shot. On yep. top of all that, the match goes for a minute, and yep. then we have a debut by another wrestler named the Night Stalker. A super heavyweight, by the way. A super heavyweight called the Night Stalker who debuts and beats up everybody. And Night Stalker's awesome because he's got the greatest costume ever. The leather pants, leather jacket, and the custom-made fucking superhero mask. So good. Black gloves. Comes in, beats them both up. And then they, re- I guess they recover and Monster Balls wins the title. The match keeps going. Monster Balls wins by putting his balls in Zach Rage's face and pitting him. Yeah, he does a, he does a running seated scent on like an earthquake splash. Yep. And, uh, and wins. My favorite part of the match is Zach Rage caught over and over at the start, basically low blowing Monster Balls and then looking at the camera. With his arms all askew, like, hey, what do you want from me? <laughs> it's like they're right there. I got a punching and doing that. Uh, the match was uh, was a dud. Uh, it was yeah, a dud. it was. It Two was minutes and fifty seconds. Yeah, with a giant run in. Yeah, it was a dud. Yeah. So then we get to the main event. 
And we are we're slogging through this. Like this is a two hour and seventeen minute event. So like, and that's and that's and that's filming. That's that's what ended up being the final product. We must have been there four hours. I remember having to call into Domo. I had a shift and I was like, I really want to watch this. Can you guys cover for me? And luckily the guys I knew they they liked that we wrestled. Like, sure, come in when you're done. So here's like to watch the events after. Here here is what you need to know. <laughs> there are there was supposed to be a three on three. It turns into a three on two, and then the bad guys decide, oh, we're just gonna have four of us in it. And and so, and the good guys are like, yes. Yeah, basically. well, because they're now this is good booking. The good guys are heroic baby faces. They're like, we yep. will fight the odds for f- to defend our company. Yep. So it's four on two. We wrestle the match. Um, it goes on and on, not for long. It's about ten minutes. Ten minutes, thirty-one seconds. We uh, the referee gets knocked out. Yep. We take. We don't pin them, but we are the four of us are basically in control. Like they're just outnumbered. Just a, yeah, it's just a beating in the ring. All all six guys in the ring, and they're down on the ground, and we're beating them up. So then, what happens is this: uh, the beautiful people by Marilyn Manson hits. Yeah. And this is the theme music for Mistopheles the Bloodletter, who again, eight months prior to this, had disappeared. We've been playing his music as a tease, and they've been running away scared. But he's never showed up. So this yeah. time, it's the boy who cried wolf. So now the and bad guys are like, Bull, bullshit, he's not coming back. We're yeah. not scared. And then Mistopheles shows up. Now Mistopheles is played by Lauren, who has a concussion. Yes. So and he runs to the ring and fucking just gives her. This is the best part of the whole show. Yep. So he hits the ring. There are four of us. He very quickly disposes of the lackeys, me, Johnny, and uh, Cajun Man. Yep. So it's left to the sexy boy and yep. Mistopheles, who have an uh, have a longstanding old school feud. And again, yep. the sexy boy is the leader. And if there's hum- humiliation to be dished out, it should be on him. Like Ric Flair. You want to see Ric Flair get get his right and that humiliation <laughs> is is, epic. is is epic so misophilies beats up the sexy boy he pulls off his pants now i'm wearing sweatpants with like that i've designed with heart on the crotch and fucking spray paint down the sides and whatever pulls the, the sweatpants down the tights now you have you are wearing briefs but you have manipulated them to look like sexy gitch <laughs> like, in, like fucking thong style yeah yeah <laughs> so briefs. With, with, with the, like, jacked up my fucking ass crack. <laughs> so then uh, you, you and get... And I have a huge package. Yes. So I mean, there's a huge package in the front. So you get up to your feet, and then Mistopheles gives you a low blow. Yep. And when he gives you the low blow, very clearly on the camera, this toque comes flying out of the front of your, of your gitch. <laughs> so now the sexy boy has been exposed for stuffing his, his gitch. Yes. Yep. So, so when it flies out... He, he, he guiltily looks at the camera like, oh my God. I can't believe that my, that, that, and then like, let's think though, we've never really established the sexy boy stuffs, but it was just, you know, obviously he's that much of an egomaniac. He'd stuff his packs. So Mistopheles, meanwhile, has the toque that flew out. He throws it right into your face, into the sexy boy's face. Sexy boy is in a rage. He charges Mistopheles, gets knocked down with the claw hold, and then gets put in the reverse figure four and taps out. Yep. So the good guys win. Sexy boy is humiliated in the greatest way possible. Yep. Um, All is well in the Federation. That's, That's pretty much it. So what did you give this match? 
I'll give that as on the whip ass scale, two and a half, just because the wrestling was, you know, uh, and you know what? The commentary really fucked this one because we had two guys who weren't involved were um, Dob and Brian. So the guys who played Ninja and Chessmaster. And the problem was, is that what it was Francis Cunning doing commentary with a character that Dob had made up on the spot called Father Wright because he liked Archbishop Payne. And he was a, this guy was a super left-wing dude, but he just, he loved your portrayal of a fucking fascist fucking manager. So Archbishop Payne was basically like, you know, I don't like immigrants and I don't like abortion, but he was religious. That's why. Yes. Father Wright was also religious, I guess, except that he was flat out like, I love Hitler. (laughs) (laughs) I like Nazis and Germans. Francis Cunning is a fucking Jewish guy for real. (laughs) It was, it's really, really off-putting. So anyways, like talking about the Germans and the fucking the, uh, alluding to the Holocaust. Ridiculous. So anyways, right that, here. So that's the event. <laughs> that's the event. That's, I, I enjoyed watching that. That was amazing. It was good. I, I think that you could turn uh, this into like if you could turn it into like a 40 minute highlight package. I think this is, would be a really good watch. I think it would be two. Two hours and fifteen. People who like backyard wrestling. Two hours and fifteen minutes is way too long. Oh God, yes. Uh, and even you know, like I think a good backyard wrestling show should be what an hour and fifteen, an hour and a half. Absolutely. Um, too long, especially with our lack of talent and you know so on. We had too many matches, but storylines as a as a culmination of storylines, it was really good, especially the main storyline and coming in of it. Coming in it, you had a nice ending. And coming out of it, you also had like what's you know all these questions. What what's going to happen to the sexy boy? What's the deal with the sexy boy and Johnny Superb? Mistopheles is back, but he's going to want a title shot now. What's what's yeah. happening? Alio Gratton may have a new challenger, his old foe. Like oh yeah, there's lots of stuff, and you'll you'll have to wait and find out. Maybe we'll maybe we'll review another one. Yeah, and I'm sure you're all looking super forward to it. Oh yeah, so that was free for brawl '98. That was our big event. Um, it was, it was, it was, it was a good one. I, I liked, uh, that was one of the classic nights. It was. And now, uh, I got an outro. <laughs> Wait a minute. What's this? Oh my God. <laughs> nice fucker to you. Of course, for all you listening. So it this. Older in this fucking car. What's that? It just got 10 degrees colder in this fucking <laughs> So this is the music that the Night Stalker used. Yep. Uh yeah, so that's um that's free for brawl. I hope you enjoyed it folks. We'll be back. We're doing a mega cast. We're gonna be recording three in a row again. So next, next week's show is uh knocking on Christmas's door. And next week's show we we decided we would celebrate Christmas by talking about music from two thousand and one. Perfect! What better Christmas present for all y'all? So anyways you know, talk about music again! <laughs> Why not? So uh, we will uh, see you all in a week. And <laughs> <laughs>